You are about to listen to Emeka Ezra, the lead steward at Fortier Network International. He envisions all men saved and mature, Christ Jesus. Be stirred as you listen. Hi everyone, how are you doing? Hi Michael, hi Gideon. Michael, I actually wanted to call you. I wanted to call you um, today, but I, I think I forgot. I don't know. I wanted to call you. I wanted to know how you are doing. How, how are you doing, Michael? How are you doing, Gideon? Can I hear your responses? Okay, Michael. I think we are hearing your dog also. I think your dog is doing good too. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> no, voila. Um, so I, I just want, I just want to, I just want to put this out there. Um, please, if, if you know someone that would really love the Bible study that we do every Tuesday, um, please invite them. Right, invite them, invite them. If you know someone that would really love the Bible study that we do every Tuesday, please invite them. Um, Invite them, you know, tell them, okay, what you've learned and the, the teachings, how, how it has helped you. Probably as you are in a far place or whatever, it helps you with your devotional, with your devotional life and everything. And there's something I want to do, right? There's something that the Holy Spirit has been laying on my heart. Well, I wanted to do it. I wanted to rule it out little by little, you know. I, I, I made a statement or on Thursday last week when we prayed, um, I made a statement. I said that we were praying every Thursday, right? And that was because the Holy Spirit had been leaning my heart to pray with you all. And like, like uh, how am I going to put it? Pray with you all. But I've been like, I, I wanted to bring it to people slowly, you know. I wanted to roll it out slowly, like, okay, every Tuesday, then we'll now probably every but now, I, I, I don't know, we, by talking to some of you, I actually want to be praying with you, some of you every day, right? I want to be talk, praying with some of you every day. And I don't know if it's going to be possible. I want to be praying with you people um, 30 minutes every day, if it's possible. Um, I just want to help you with your um, devotion. What I mean with your devotion, I, I mean, I, I think it, it was on this platform. I think it was on this platform where I taught prayer, right? And the thing with, the, the thing with teaching about devotion like this is i mean the thing with with teaching about devotion like it's saying oh it's good to read it's good to read your bible you know it's good to pray it's good to do this if if there is no avenue to to build you people up or to say okay this is when we are going to be studying or this is when we are going to be praying a lot of us will not do it and and the thing about prayer is prayer has to be done consistently when I mean consistently, I mean it has to be done ev- like every day. You don't you, like you, you don't claim to have a prayer life if you pray today and you don't pray tomorrow and you, you don't pray the next day and maybe the next time you're praying, you're praying six hours and the next time you're praying, you're praying three hours, maybe it's like two weeks apart or and that's not a prayer life. A prayer life has to be consistent, right? It has to be consistent. If you're going to see change in your life right there has to be consistent there has to be consistent prayer right there has to be constant you have to have a constant prayer life you have to have a co- prayer life and this is something i want to do I, I i want to um carve out time every like 30 minutes in a day in the evening like this right to pray like to like for us to come together and for us to pray so and what's going to be happening is that in this discipleship group, right, every, te- every day, every single day, every single day, by 9 p.m. to 9.30, 9 p.m. to 9.30, we are going to be praying. And we're going to be speaking in tongues, right? Um, and this is the reason I want you to grow. 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 That, that is the reason for this discipleship class. I want you to grow. Right, and the thing is, if you have a prayer life, a lot of the things that you are struggling with will die. It will die a natural death. Right? This is not what we are studying about today, but this is just an announcement. I'm going to post it on the group later. Later on, we are going to be praying every day, as from now, from 9 p.m. 
to 9.30. So only on Tuesdays would we be doing our study, right? On Tuesdays, constant study. We'll be studying every Tuesday, but we'll be praying every day, right? I want to see if we can do it for 30 days straight, but we're going to be doing it for every day. And um, if I don't see you, I'll probably call you to know why. Right, because I want to keep you accountable. I want to know, okay, that you're growing and everything. Is that okay with everybody? Is that okay? Do you think it will help your spiritual life? It's okay by you, right? Okay, thank you. Okay, um, so we are going to be studying typology, right? I mean, you can see the spelling tool of the. Um, you can see this. You can see you can see this spelling, right? And uh, typology. Typology is simply. Let me put it in modern day language for those that watch Marvel. We watch Marvel movies, Marvel comics, and everything. Um, typology is the study of typology is does us study the Easter eggs, right? Um, throughout the Old Testament and throughout Scripture, God puts Easter eggs around um, the, the lives and the stories of people in scripture to foretell of Christ, right? It was foretelling, it was, it was telling about the coming Christ. So that is what, that is the simple explanation, but more technical, more technically, uh, a typology is the study and interpretation of types and symbols in the Bible. So that's what I'm, that, that's exactly what I'm still saying. Types and symbols are just modern day words for, are just words that we use modern day for Easter eggs. You know, when you you watch um, Marvel movies, you know, they will, they will hint, or when you watch DC movies, they will hint, oh, our, they will hint their next movie, or they will hint uh, movies to come they would, in one way or the other they will just maybe you audit, I, I mean if you switch if you're a marvel fan right those those days that stanley was still alive for those of you that are marvel fans you will understand this better you will see stanley in the movie or you will see um signs you know telling you about the next movie that's coming stuff like that that's what it that's what it, an easter egg is but b- before we start this scripture or before we start this study rather i want us to open to luke chapter i want us to open to luke chapter um luke chapter 24 please i hope you're with your bibles and your pen your bibles your pen and your your study material like your your book because we are going to be doing like a lot of study and opening of scripture because I actually want you to understand what I'm and I have to see. So Luke chapter 24 from verses 25. 24 from verse Then Jesus said foolish people you find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in scriptures. Wasn't it clear, sorry, what, wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? 27 says, 27 says, then Jesus and all the prophets explaining from all the scripture the things concerning himself. Are you listening? So this is Jesus talking to the people I mean, Jesus, Jesus saw two men walking um, to Emmaus, and he, and he was like, you foolish people, don't you believe what the prophets wrote? And the, the, the scripture clearly wrote that he started explaining to them from the writings of Moses, meaning from Genesis. Are you seeing that? Verse 27, it says, Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and the prophets. He started explaining from the writings of Moses, that is from Genesis to, to Malachi, Right, the Old Testament, explaining in Scripture the things concerning Himself. Because you see, in Scripture, the Bible is a story that talks about Christ, and you have to be you have to be a good um, Bible student to find Christ in the stories, to find Christ in the symbols. You have to be a very good um, Bible student, right? And 
Like I said, typology is just in, in, in a very simple language, Easter eggs. You know, you have to be a Marvel fan. Let me use that. Let me let me keep using that. You have to be a Marvel fan or a DC fan for you to be able to um know what those Easter eggs are about. You know, a normal a normal um movie watcher or a normal person that's just watching um, Marvel movies for the first time would watch Marvel movies and they would not know that at the end of a Marvel movie, I mean, this is, this is an example for those people that watch Marvel movies. I'm so sorry, I don't have any other good example. You know, those people that watch Marvel movies, right, or people that watch Marvel movies for the first time would not know that after the credit scene, after all of those um, credit scenes, there is a post-credit scene after. You know, it's only diehard or, I mean, Marvel, Marvel fans that will know that, oh, there's actually a post-credit scene after. Not, not that aside, it's only a Marvel move, like a Marvel fan that also like reads comics that will know that there are some Easter eggs that talks about the movies to come. And this is the same thing about the Bible. It's only a good, a, a, a good Bible study student, right? A, a good Bible students right that will know or that will find um symbols that were talking about christ or that would that will find um yeah types and shadows that were talking about jesus you know if you're not a good bible student you will not know if you don't have a good teacher you will not know and that's what i'm here for right so we're going to be uh, uh, um doing studies on typologies in scripture and i'm going to be covering a lot tonight but um, I'm also not going to be covering a lot, right? There are a lot of typologies that I just have to point you in the right direction and you'll be able to spot them, right? So number one rule for spotting a ty typology is that it has to talk about Christ. Are you writing? Number one rule for spotting a typology is that it has to talk about Christ. That is in the Bible. It has to talk about Christ. Now, the question is, hey, Emeka, how do I know he's talking about Christ? Right? It has, the typology um, also has to have a character or the character of salvation of Christ. What I mean, a character of salvation. The character of salvation or the main character of salvation is grace. Are you listening to me? Is grace. And again, we see throughout scripture that there were typologies that a lot of people did not know were typologies until the apostles explained them. And Jesus himself said they were typologies talking about him. Right? We are going to see such such um this thing going forward. So let's go straight to business. Um I want so number one typology that I'm going to be what we are going to be looking at is I'm going to list them all out. I'm going to list them all out, then I will now start from number one because I don't think we will be able to um, cover everything. So, number one typology is the sacrifice of bulls and rams. The sacrifice of bulls and rams. That is number one typology. It talks about Christ. Now, this typology, I wrote this typology and I'm going to explain, I'm going to explain it. Typology of the second son. Right, i.e., Esau and Jacob. That is Esau and Jacob. Now, like I said, typologies also, most typologies also, we are characters in the Bible. So, uh, another typology in scripture is Adam. Adam is a typology of Christ. Um, number four, Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark is a typology of Christ. Number five, Melchizedek in scripture. This is a character. We're going to study these characters. But before we study characters, I want us to be able to have studied events and symbols. Right? I want us to be able to have studied events and symbols before going to characters. It's going to be interesting studying characters. Um, Jacob's ladder. When I mean Jacob's ladder, the, the ladder, um, Jacob had a dream where he saw angels uh, angels ascending and descending from heaven. And that is also uh, a typology. I'm going to explain how these are typologies. 
Isaac is a typology. Joseph is a typology. Moses is a typology of Christ. Um, the believer in Christ <laughs> is a typology. In the sense that the believer shows the is meant to show his, the sign uh, of, of the of the firstborn Christ. Um, the bronze snake, the bronze snake in the wilderness is a typology. The story of Jonah, the Jonah and the big fish, is a typology, and marriage is a typology. So I want us to note that. Um, the symbols and typologies are imperfect. They are imperfect examples. Are also these things are also imperfect examples of the real thing. So um, when we try to use symbols to explain Christ, um, as much as we want to use symbols to explain Christ, we have to understand that these symbols in itself is imperfect. Right? We have to understand that these symbols in itself, um, because it is not the real thing, cannot be as perfect as the real thing. Do you understand? Even though it contains glory, even though we see some glory in them, they are not the real thing. So we're going to start from the sacrifice of bulls and rams, and I want us to open to um, Genesis 4, verse 3. Um, Genesis 4, verse 3. I want another person to open um, to Leviticus chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. So I'm going to be reading Genesis chapter 4, 4 verse 3, because I, I want to um, lay some groundwork before we start even the reading scriptures. Right. In fact, let me just tell you, just by this one typology we can spend an hour here explaining and that's the funny thing about um, typologies is beautiful to see right genesis chapter 4 verse 3 i'm going to read and this is what it says it says it says when it was time for the harvest cain presented some of his crops as a gift to, to the lord abel also brought a gift he said now this is he said now scripture says the best portion, this is the, the, the um this is the gift that Abel brought. He says, the best portion of the firstborn lambs of the flock. Now, this is what the Bible said. The Bible says, the Lord accepted Abel and his gifts, but he did not accept Cain and his gifts. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Now, I don't know if you have ever asked yourself. Why is it that God accepted the gift of um, Cain, sorry, the gift of Abel, rather, and did not accept the gift of Cain? Have you ever accepted that question? Have you ever accepted that question? I would like to get a response. Have you ever accepted that question? Like, why is it that God, why is it that God accepted Abel's gift and not Cain's gift? Have you ever accepted that question? Yes. Did you did you have the answer? Have you ever had gotten the answer before? Yeah, I think he's also thought on this as well. A time, one time, he spoke about how Abel's gift was like a shadow, like a lamb. So oh, I, like okay, yes. Yeah, so I think so. yes. So that was what God, God was trying to. God, that was what God was trying to point at. You know, that was what He was trying to point at ever since. You know, um, that. Uh, the sacrifice that he's, he, was, he was only going to accept was going to be a, a blood sacrifice. When I mean a blood sacrifice, of bulls and ram. Like you can see, of the, a, the firstborn bulls and ram. Now, he did not just accept any bull and ram. He accepted the firstborn ram and bull, right? Or the firstborn ra- uh, rams, right? That was what he accepted, the firstborn, which was talking about Christ. The Bible makes us understand that Christ is the first of many brethren, meaning he's the firstborn. 
that the Bible makes us also understand that in the new, in fact, it, it is through the New Testament you understand the Old Testament better. So we understand from the New Testament that now Christ is not the only begotten Son, that He is now the first begotten Son, right? We are all, we are now brothers of Jesus. So when I mean brothers, I mean spiritual, but now brothers, right? In covenant. So because of this. This was the reason why God only accepted the, the firstborn, the firstborn ram. Let's go to Leviticus. If, if you're there, if, if you're in Leviticus, please read. Leviticus chapter um, 1, 3 to 4. Leviticus chapter 1, verse 4. From verse 3 to 4. If the animal you present as a bond offering, is from the head it must be a male with no defect bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the lord verse 4 lay your hand on the animal's head and the lord will accept his death and in your place to purify you making you right with him okay so can you see can you see um a typology there. So now you see that the sacrifice of bulls and rams, the sacrifice of bulls and rams um here was basically to define Christ, right? I, I, I mean Christ as propitiation for our sin, propitiation for our sin, right? The fact that Christ took away our sin. Now let me explain something. Let me explain. Let me explain the Old Testament. Let me explain the Old Testament for you. This particular scripture. So, if you do not understand um, Jewish culture, you might not you might not understand what you've read here. So, uh, one of the rules for um, bringing a sacrifice, like you said, like you saw there, was that the sacrifice must be a male. Now, this is why Jesus did not come as a this was giving you him that Jesus was not going to come, and, come as a woman, right? So um, the sacrifice must be a male. Not only is it that it's not is not only is it that this sacrifice is not going to be a male. This sacrifice must not have any defects. Now let me explain to you what it means by not having any defect because I'm going to be explain explaining the typology with the real thing now. So he's saying this sacrifice must not have any defect meaning this sacrifice must not have any sin in it but you need to understand that every man was every man is born a sinner if you have stayed with me long enough you understand you will know when i've explained this that sin is um, someone that someone is a sinner is not someone that sins. A sinner is someone that has the nature of sin in him. Right? If you stay with me long enough. And that's the thing. Every man that is born is a sinner. Right? Because of what Adam did. And now God is saying through this typology, he's saying that that sacrifice must not have any defects in it. And by 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 uh, implication, he's saying that the sacrifice that is going to die for the sin of the world must have no sin in it. it like he must be without sin, and that is what and that is how Christ came without sin. But that's not where he ends. He's saying there that when the sacrifice comes, something to note there. Look at something to note there. Look at verse four. Verse four says. Lay your hand on the head on the animal's head, and the Lord will accept his death in your place to purify you, making you right with him, making you righteous. He now says, Then slaughter the young bull in the animal's presence, in the sorry, in the Lord's presence, in the Lord's in the Lord's um presence. So now this is um now you see a lot of people don't understand this because. Now I'm going. I'm going to explain um, the sacrifice of sin. I mean, yes, is that what it's called? The sacrifice of sin, like forgiveness of sin. The way sin is forgiven in the Bible. Now, there is no place in Scripture that sin was ever forgiven by asking. 
Like, Father, please forgive me for my sin. Um, thank you for forgiving. There is no place like that in scripture. Sin was always forgiven by blood. Right? The blood of Jesus was spilled for the forgiveness of sin. Full stop. But but you need but, but for you to understand part of why Jesus was killed by man. I mean, Jesus had to be killed, or Jesus had to be killed by mankind. Part of the reason was was because of this typology. Now, understand this typology. But, but before you understand this typology, you need to understand um, the Jewish culture, like this particular thing here. So in the Jewish culture, for you to be forgiven of your sin, like he said, you have to bring a bull. And not only uh, are you bringing a bull, you have to bring a bull without a defect. But now, when you're bringing this bull to the altar, um, the instruction there, there is that you have to place your hand on the head of the bull. Now, by placing your hand on the head of the bull, what you are what you're doing there is that you are taking what what you're symbolizing there is that your sin is being imputed on the bull's um uh, your sin is being imputed on the bull on the bull and the bulls or the rams um, um righteousness is coming upon you right i'm looking for something I'm looking for something. Give me a moment, please. Um, please, I mean, tell me, does your scripture, does your Bible there indicate your sin offering to have to be one year old? Because I'm not finding my own scripture, please. Because I know that the, 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 um, the ram has to be of one year old without um, this thing. Okay. Nonetheless, let me finish, let me finish what, what, what I'm saying. So, your hand or the hand of the person that brings the bull will have to be on the on the bull. And as his hand is on the bull, what he's symbolizing there is that my sin, my sins, I'm imputing it on you, and the the righteousness of the bull is being imputed on me. So, what will now happen is the person that brings the bull will now slaughter the animal, will kill the animal and sprinkle the animal's blood on the altar. Now, this was a shadow. This was a shadow of what? Of Christ. Meaning that man, listen to me, man had to be the one to kill Christ. Man had to be the one to um, crucify the Christ. Are you listening to me? It, see, nobody knew this because the Bible makes us understand that he withheld information from them. When I mean God withheld um, this revelation from them, and we only understood this in the New Testament because if they had known, they would not have crucified um, God. You see, man had to be the one to crucify um, the Christ, the Lamb of God. That takes away the sin of the world. Man had to be the one to crucify the Lamb of God. That is Christ. So when human beings did that to Christ, what they were doing was, oh, my sin you've taken and your righteousness you've given. Are you listening? My sin you've taken and my righteousness you've given. Um, there is something that I, I want to point out real bad. I and I'm not finding it. I am I'm really not finding it. I know that um one of the requirements for this um sin offering is that the sheep or the ram has to be about a year old. And this is also symbolic, right? This is also symbolic in the sense that because the ram is one year old, their sins were only covered for one year or for one year. And every year, they have to come back to renew that sin offering. But when it comes to Christ, the blood of Christ is eternal. It has no beginning, nor does it have no end. And that is why it is able to cover your sin, your past, future, your past, present, and future sin. I wanted to put that in, but I'm not finding 
um, my scriptures, right? So, so that we don't dwell on, on it, let's go to the next. Um, let's go to the next. Please, I want you other scriptures to read are Genesis chapter 22 from verse 11 to 13, Exodus chapter 12, um, verse 3. These are symbols um, pointing to the pointing to the Christ. So we are going to the next typology. The next typology is the typology of the second son. The typology of the second son. The typology of the second son. Um, we are going to open our scriptures to Genesis chapter. Genesis chapter. <laughs> Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27. Oh, 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 oh. I'm so sorry. Genesis chapter 25, please. Genesis chapter 25. Let's open our scriptures to Genesis chapter 25. Please, can you still hear me, please? I want to know if you can hear me. Okay, Genesis chapter 25 from verses, we're going to start reading from um, verse 23. Genesis chapter 25 from verse 23, I don't know if I'm receiving, okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you, um, Tommy. Genesis chapter 25 from verse 23. I'm going to be reading, it says, and the Lord told her, this is God speaking to um, Jacob's wife. The Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other. And the older son will serve the younger son. Are you listening to me? And he says, 24 says, and when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she did indeed have twins. The first one was red at birth and covered with thick hair, like, like um, a fur coat. So they named him Esau. Then the other twin was born, his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Um, Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. And uh, if you read further, you see Esau says his petrite. Now, have you ever asked yourself? I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it that God chose one child over the other? Right? One child over the other from the womb, even when um one it was it was against tradition because, you see, in the tradition of Israel, the firstborn is meant to take, to have birthright or have, take the inheritance or be greater than the secondborn. Have you ever asked yourself why God said, Esau have I hated and Jacob have I loved? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Please, I want to know. I want, to, I want this to be interactive. And I want you to come up. I want you to tell me, oh, what your um, conclusions were then. Like, why would God say, Esau, have I hated, and Jacob, I have loved? Can I get, can I get, can I get, can I get discussion? Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, please, I would like to know, right, like I said, I would like to know, what do you think when you first heard, Esau, have I hated, and Jacob, have I loved? The first time you heard in scripture, why would God choose two children or two babies in the womb that have not, they've not come out, but he has only chosen one and he has rejected the other? Why did he do that? Why do you think he did that? Or the first time you heard it, why do you think he did that? I want to know. We don't have time anymore. I think this is going to be the second to the last. Nobody wants to answer. Okay, let me go forward. Let me go. Let me go forward. So here's the thing, right? When it comes to scripture, or when it comes to 
um, when it comes to uh, uh, um, things like this, right? When you see things that do not fit the character of God in quotes, one thing that should come to your mind is, I need to study more. I need to study more. Michael, are you having are, are you having a, a, a tough time connecting? So one thing that should come to your mind should be um, one thing that should come to your mind should be oh there is something more here. So we see from scripture that God chose one child before the other, and why is this? Why is this? And, and here's the thing, right? And this. If you study your scripture, right? If you study um, Genesis, with, uh, you study you study Genesis more, you find out that this blessing or him choosing Jacob before him choosing Jacob before Esau, the, the um, it wasn't for wealth. How am I going to put it? How am I going to put it? Give me someone to give me better English. So, the reason for him choosing Jacob was not for wealth. Like, oh, um, Jacob is going to have more money than Esau. Because, you see, a lot of preachers, when they preach or when they quote this um, scripture, when they quote this scripture, what you hear is, it's in the seed. Or they will call, I don't know who attended a church where they called all the firstborns out to pray for them. <laughs> who, who attended such church or who has ever been in such situations where they called all the firstborns out to pray for them concerning this scripture? Because they said, let your best try not be taken away from you. What was just happening here was God was saying, I have chosen Jacob, Jacob's lineage, and, be, uh, and from Jacob's lineage, the Messiah will come out from Jacob's lineage. Are you listening to me? So the blessing was a Saudivic blessing in the sense that Jacob from your lineage would the uh, Messiah come out from. And here's the thing. When God said, I hated, Jacob have I hated, and, sorry, when God said, Esau have I hated, and Jacob have I loved, this was, what is it called? Will I call it an exaggeration or called an, is, is, a, is a hyperbole? Let me explain what I mean by that. I mean, what I mean by, by that is saying, um, Okay, I think Jesus Christ used the same example when he said, when he said, um, when he said, I have not come to bring, um, you, you think have, I, I have come to bring, to bring uh, peace, right? That you must, ah, how did he put it? He said, it's your father. If you love me, you hate your mother. I, I don't know who has, who has read that scripture before? Who has, who has read that scripture now? Someone should answer me, please. Okay, yes, let me I continue. Yes, you I have, am. right? Okay. So this is what he this is what he's just saying, right? In comparison to the blessing that I have given Jacob, in comparison to the blessing I have given Esau, I hate Esau. It, will, it looks as if I hate Esau. It does not mean I hate Esau. It just means in comparison to the blessing on Esau's life, it looks as if I hate Esau. So let me explain it. So if somebody right now eh, is to weigh my love for Jesus and my love for uh my sister or my brother or my mother right it will look as if i hate my mother right in comparison to the love i have for jesus because of all i can do for jesus it looks like it looks like hate which it is not it is, a, it is an explanation 
right? It is just an explanation. It is just what? It's just an explanation to explain the extent. He's just trying to ex explain the extent of the law for the other person. So why is this a typology? This is a typology. The Esau and the Jacob story is a typology because Jacob did not deserve the blessing he got. So what God was trying to say here was that the was that many people or the people that are going to receive grace are going to be people that did not deserve grace. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? The people that are going to receive grace are people that did not deserve grace. Now, by law or by tradition, Jacob did not deserve that grace. Let me give you another example. Let's go to um, Genesis chapter 48. Let's go to Genesis chapter 48. Let's go to Genesis chapter 48. Um, reading from verses 12. Reading from verses 12. If you're there, I want to know so that I start reading. I'm there. Okay, wonderful. So now, Joseph, this is Joseph. Jo this is Joseph and his sons, right? Joseph moves the boys. Joseph moved the boys, that's his sons, who were at their grandfather's knees, and he bowed with his face to the ground. Then he positioned the boys in front of Jacob. With his right hand, he directed Ephraim. Ephraim was, was, Jacob's, was Joseph's first son. Right? He directed Ephraim towards Jacob's left hand. And his... Sorry, he directed Ephraim towards Jacob's left hand. That is, Ephraim was the second son, sorry. And his left hand, he put Manasseh. Manasseh is the second son. Sorry? Sorry, and at, sorry, sorry, what am I even reading? And with his left hand, he put Manasseh at Jacob's right hand. Sorry, Manasseh is meant to be Jacob's first son. And Ephraim is what? Jacob's second son. But Jacob crossed his arms as he reached out to lay his hands on the boy's head he put his right hand on Ephraim right he's put his right hand on Ephraim Ephraim that is supposed to be the second son um though he was he, though he was the younger he was the younger boy and his left hand on Manasseh though he was the firstborn are you seeing then Joseph then he blessed Joseph and said May the God before whom, so basically, basically, he said, uh, Manasseh, Manasseh, that is the firstborn, is going to serve the younger brother, Ephraim, right? And Bible, the Bible records that Joseph, Joseph was angry. Verse 17, it says, but Joseph was upset when he saw what his father when he saw that his father placed his right hand on Ephraim's head. So Joseph lifted it and moved it to Ephraim's head. And moved it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. The father now said, no. Sorry, he says, no, my father, my father, he said. This one is the first son. Put your right hand on his head. But the father refused. He said, I know my son, I know. He replied. My Manasseh will, will become great, but his younger brother will be greater. Then the descendants will become a multitude of generations. Now, look at what you see what happened again here. Now, this was just trying to typify Greece, right? This was just trying to what uh, explain Greece. This was what trying to explain Greece in the sense that. Um, people that did not deserve, people that did not deserve grace or the level of blessing they got, got it. And you know how funny this is? We see this throughout Abraham's um, lineage somehow. We see this throughout the Bible. 
a lot of people that were not deserving of um, the blessing and the grace of God got it. A lot of them, they got it, they got it, they got it, they kept on getting it. I mean, look at Cain and Abel. Even though we know technically why it happened, it was because of the sacrifice. But Bible says Abel was favored. Traditionally, that was not how it's meant to happen. Jewish tradition, the first son is meant to be favored against this um, um, over the second son. Right? The first son is meant to be um, favored over the second son. I mean, um, so oh, what else should we discuss? We're already out of time. We're already out of time. We're already out of time. I want you guys to study. Um, I don't know if, what, what, what should we study next? There's Adam. I really want to go into Adam because there are a lot of things I want to bring out from Adam being um, a typology. Mechizedek, I want to go into Mechizedek. Okay, let's do Noah's. Let's do Noah in, in Noah's Ark in nine minutes, but I'm, 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 I'm just going to use the story. So how is Noah, Noah's Ark a typology of the Christ? So from scripture, we see that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. I think it was... It was um, explained, that was explained, this typology was explained in Hebrew, right? Noah being, a, Noah being a preacher of righteousness, and he preached for years that God was about to destroy the world. And their salvation was going to be what? The ark, the ark, the ark, the ark, the ark. And when the world was destroyed by water, the ark was the salvation. The ark carried them safely, and they were dry in the ark. They were dry in the ark. They were safe in the ark. And this is a typology of what is to come and what is, in the sense that we right now, we are preaching that Christ is coming. Christ is coming. The world is going to be destroyed, and God's anger is going to be unleashed on the world. And on that very end, Christ, that is our ark, is going to come and carry us. We are going to be taken away on the last day. We are going to be taken away because we have the Holy Spirit within us. See, I want, apart from the knowledge sake of knowing typology, I want, I want this to, I want your eyes to be open. Do you understand? Like, I, I want your eyes to be open to see what Christ has done for you. I mean, we, we've looked at the, the typology of the bulls and the rams. But I want your eyes to be open. Like, I want you to say, oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Right now, Seth, I want, you, I want us to do that. Because we see when Jesus, um, to the people, to the men that, that, that were going to Emmaus, as they were on the road to Emmaus, the Bible said, after Jesus disappeared, they looked at themselves and they said, didn't our, our heart burn while he spoke to us? Didn't our heart burn while he spoke to us? And I want you, and I want your heart to burn. I want your heart to burn because what we are doing right now is revealing Jesus to, to, to us. We are seeing Jesus. We are seeing that, oh, we did not deserve salvation. But, oh, Jesus Christ died. He was willing to die for us. Like a lamb ready to be slaughtered, Jesus went. He went all the way, all the way, all the way for us. I want us to begin to speak in tongues. I want us to begin to speak in tongues. I want us to begin to pray in the, the language of in the language of, in other tongues right now. I want us to begin to thank God for what he has done in Christ Jesus. That throughout scripture, the prophets, they prophesied it. We see symbols, and and right now we are living in, with, with, the, with the real thing. We have Christ living in us. What was prophesied? What our fathers in uh, in old only only the head in prophecy. We have seen the real thing. Father, we thank you. I want your emotions to back this prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving all my sin. And thank you for, for dying on the cross of Calvary for me, that I be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
See, I want you to thank God and I want you to mean it. I want you to mean it from the bottom of your heart. I want you to thank God. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Daddy, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Caruse Telian Barascos. Janaman de Cavascos. Redila Mambra Sondom Reticaica. Shad. Dea. Sanean Barusca. Shanaman. Ritan de Cabala. Ritomba Cataca. Oh, my heart, my heart, my heart, my heart, my heart, my heart. Burst with joy. I worship you for all you've done. Oh, thank you for this revelation of who you are. Thank you, Daddy. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Please, I want. Um, as from today. I'll be leading prayers on this platform. I'll be leading prayers on this platform every night now. From 9 to 9.30, it's just going to be 30 minutes, right? Um, from 9 to 9.30, we're going to be speaking in tongues. We're going to be edifying ourselves. And the reason is because I want every one of you, every one of you to be on fire. I want every one of you to become stronger in the things of God. I believe you can. Do you understand? Directions will be better. You will just know what to do. All of those depressions, all of those addictions you always complain about, gone, gone, forever, gone. Trust me, to be gone forever. Please, if you also know someone that would appreciate this Bible study session that we have every Tuesday, I beg you, um, invite them. Invite them. Thank you so much, guys, for coming in again. And God bless you. God bless you. Study your Bibles. Please do all your studies. We meet again next week. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much.